Hey everyone, what's up? It is Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and welcome to podcast episode number 303. So this week I'm checking back in with former Navy SEAL trainer and best-selling author Chris Sinog to learn more about his latest advancements in tactical training that most people wouldn't even consider so-called tactical. Now Chris explains why some of the most critical shooting skills do not come from the local gun range, and he has five tips for us today that you can put to use right away to become a better protector. It's all coming right up, but don't worry about taking notes because we've done all the heavy lifting for you with this week's free show notes, including your handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you have to do is head on over to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 303 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Tactical training. It's a phrase you hear about all day long if you're on any sort of like email newsletters or mailing lists related to guns, knives, self-defense, preparedness, and so on. Now, the term tactical gets used so much, in fact, that it's almost overused, and it's lost a lot of its meaning. People forget that when it all comes down to it, to live a tactical lifestyle is to be better prepared for the challenges and threats that you're going to face, to make sure that you are always ready, honing your skills and making yourself a better protector for yourself and for those that you love and count on you for their safety. Now make no mistake, in this dangerous and crazy world, especially now, your very life could depend on your ability to outprepare and outthink and outtrain those who want to hurt you. Now, the thing is, is that all the stick, knife, and gun training in the world, and all the tactical flashlights and all the bug out bags, and all the other training and accessories commonly offered on the market don't quite tell the whole story. So what if I told you that there is something you're missing? Or more accurately, we're going to be talking about today, five things that you're missing, that if you regularly incorporated them into your tactical training, would make you a better protector right now. Well, these new rules of tactical training are what we're here to talk about today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Serial Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. And our guest today is someone who is all about being tactical, not just with his training, but also with the lifestyle that he has to support it. Please welcome back Chris Sinon. Chris, welcome back to the program, man. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Always good to have you on here. Um, listening, everybody, if you haven't heard any of the other podcasts we've done or the masterclass that we've done with Chris in the past, he's the best-selling, best-selling author of the books How to Shoot Like a Navy SEAL and Navy SEAL Shooting. And after retiring from the Navy, Chris set out on his mission to innovate and redefine all aspects of self-protection skills, creating his company, Center Mass Group, that provides elite-level weapons and tactics training to military, paramilitary, law enforcement, and civilian personnel. Now, he's coached and mentored thousands of men, uh, young men as a Navy SEAL instructor, and has led security teams across the globe, and quite literally wrote the book on Navy SEAL sniper training when the Navy Special Warfare Command selected Chris to develop the curriculum for the current U.S. Navy SEAL snipers. Now, for more information about Chris and his training, make sure that you visit him online at www.NavySealShootingTactics.com. So, Chris, I know that you've um, you really have been on a mission here lately, and we haven't really delved too deep into this, but about expanding people's concept of what tactical training really is and just kind of getting away from the concept of just you know, just being able to pull the trigger, pull it faster, draw the weapon faster, and things like that. And while it's all training that you do offer with your programs, I know you've really started to expand um, how people support that kind of a, 
um, those skills also with their lifestyle, how to become a better protector, a better shooter, a better everything, um, basically with things outside of what normally people would think of as tactical training. So the challenge for you coming on here, um, I, I asked you was, give me five things really that you think people aren't really doing right now related to quote unquote tactical type training that would help make them better, um, but wouldn't just be about like pulling the trigger a lot faster and, and making that their training program. So I'm going to kind of leave it up to you. We're going to kind of do this as like a, I don't know if we would call it a top five because they're all important, but but these five kind of new rules of tactical lifestyle or tactical training um, that people really should be looking at. So I'm just going to go ahead and just kind of roll this over to you. So what is, um, what is factor number one that you think is important that people aren't doing, but they should be uh, incorporating more into their tactical training? Yeah, the number one thing that I find most people aren't doing, and it's, it, it actually does deserve the number one spot in my book, and we're going to go ahead and call it defragging the hard drive. And another term for this is meditation. And I a lot of times don't like to use meditation because there seems to be kind of a stigma around the word or people have preconceived notions about what it means or it has something to do with religion. And all it's really doing is teaching you to focus the mind. And it's the easiest thing to do. You close your eyes, you focus on your breath. And the reason it's so important is because it teaches you not, not to clear your mind, but to focus on one particular thing. So if you can imagine yourself in a gunfight with another person, the person who's going to win that gunfight is the person who's able to put their focus on what is most important at that moment in time and space, the quickest, they're going to win the gunfight. And that person is going to have not the clearest mind, but they're, they're going to be able to clear through the clutter and focus on what's most important. And that's why meditation or defragging the hard drive is so important. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is like, basically it's, it's developing like the, we always talk about like adrenaline rush and being able to train realistically and do things like that, because that's what you're going to experience during the gunfight. So you're saying that the mental aspect of it, the things you're going to be able to deal with there and be able to focus on something like basically saving your life is something that can also be trained um, for that for that instance as well. Just using uh, meditation. You're right. It is kind of an esoteric concept for people. Um, so how do you how have you been able to overcome kind of getting people to think about that from a standpoint of this is actually tactical training? That is one of the the hardest things to do, but and and getting to the explanation can make it harder depending on, on people's beliefs and in, in meditation and in our bodies. But uh, without getting too in, in, in too deep into the weeds on it, um, when you meditate, you are teaching basically every cell in your body to become conscious. And I discovered this working with uh, Deepak Chopra and he, you know, is big into meditation and, and he, what he taught me was every cell in our body has consciousness and you're able to tap into this through meditation because I didn't know when I was in the SEAL teams how I could go into a room and without seeing it, I could sense that there was say a person to my left that had a firearm but wasn't pointed at me. There's a person to my right, his gun was pointed at me. So I knew I needed you know, to take care of the threat to my right first. And I had no idea how I knew to do this until I, I read one of Deepak Chopra's books and he talks about 
this whole consciousness of every cell in our body. And, and I know it sounds crazy when you first think about it, but once you start meditating and you start sensing things around you, it's, it's like a no brainer. Like everybody that I train now is like into meditation and they understand it and they get it. Yeah. I mean, I, totally agree with you and actually these days it's it's easier than ever because most people when they try to do it they sit down and they just end up thinking about geez what am i going to make for dinner tonight or what am i what have i got to do at work but there are a lot of apps now there are a lot of um music programs that you can get that do more guided meditations and things like that that make it really easy for people to just sit there and listen be able to get that down so it's really interesting that you've incorporated that um specifically with people that that have gone through your programs and, and taught that to them so awesome so so Chris, let's go ahead and talk about the second of the new rules for tactical training that you think people should really be incorporating. So number two is going to be having a personalized training plan. And the reason this is so important, and they've, they've, there's lots of studies out there. Um, one of the best ones is on um, Air Force pilots and their crash rates, um, where they took the average of, they measured like, 2000 pilots heights and the their arm length and the length of every part of their body and they came up with an average for what the average pilot would be because they wanted to reduce air, airplane crashes and what ended up happening was the crashes skyrocketed once they made this average for all these pilots and what they've discovered was that not one of the pilots fit into the average itself. So, so the, the cockpit didn't fit anybody. So the way they fixed that was they were like, well, we need to make an adjustable cockpit so it fits for everybody. And that's why having a personalized training plan is so important. And I realized this because I would go to the range and I would have a training plan where I'd go, okay, I'm going to start it off with this drill and then this and move our way up. And I'd be lucky if one person was sticking with me as I was going through these drills throughout the day or the weekend or the week, however long the, the course was. And it's because we all learn at different rates. We, we're all at different starting points. We all have different aspects of say shooting that we need to work on. And if, you know, if I'm working on a drill that is say working on your draw stroke for, with your pistol and you're already great at it. Well, you're wasting time. You're, you're not getting anything out of that training. Um, you know, or if I'm doing a more advanced drill, uh, shooting multiple targets and you haven't even learned to perfect hitting a single target first, well, you're not going to be getting anything out of that drill either. And I've just found it's so critical if you have your own training plan, because we all start off at different spots where we are. We a lot of us are trying to get to different places in our shooting. Some want to just be able to protect ourselves, get our concealed carry permit. Some of us want to protect our homes. Some of us want to be competition shooters. So our paths, our learning paths are going to be greatly different. And then the other critical part about this is every time you train, you become a different person. And what you need to train after each training session is going to change. So you need to be adjusting or have the ability to adjust your own training plan every day you train. And if you do that, you're going to learn much faster. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably shocking most people how many people actually go to the range, not even just without a personalized training pro program, but any sort of plan whatsoever with what they're going to do there. Usually it's just got a I have a box of ammo and I'm going to try and make as tight a little shot group as I possibly can, just get some, get some rounds down range. So when people do, I mean, especially like with your membership, the, the new rules membership and, um, and the training courses that you have, when everybody can be coming from some different levels and different, uh, different goals and everything, um, how do you find the best way to kind of like, what, how should people get started? Like if they, somebody joined your membership, for example, how would they know? Like, I think a lot of people don't have a plan because they don't know what they should be training or where they should be starting or what they should be working on or what's important in tactical training. So how do you usually get people on that first path? Like if somebody's going to go to the range, um, you know, next week, how should somebody really assess um, the best thing that they should be training for based upon their goals? The first thing I teach people is to ha find out your why for why are you, why do you want to get better at shooting? And the stronger your why is the, like if you have a strong enough why you're going to come up with the how and the example I give is, um, you know, if, if there's a $20 bill inside a burning building, um, are you going to run inside in, in, into that burning building and get it? And you're like, no, I'm not going to. And it's like, okay, what if that was your child inside there? Well, now you have a strong enough why. And you're like, yeah, of course I'm going to go. Like, it's not even a question. So when it comes to training or get, getting better at anything, if you have a strong enough why, like, why do you want to get better at shooting? Well, I want to protect my family. Why do you want to protect your family? Well, because I love them. So you're now training because you love your family, not because you want to impress your friends at the range. So you'll figure it, basically you'll figure it out yourself. But I do have through all my programs, a process for figuring out and assessing where you are as, as a shooter. So you assist, you assess your grip strength, you assess your eyesight, you you know, you look at things like, hey, do you do you meditate? Because if you don't, that's one of the fastest ways you're going to be able to learn to focus on your training and focus on your shooting and whatever else you want. So I teach people to go through a process of assessing not only where they're at as a shooter, but where they want to go to. So now, just like the GPS in your car, you have at least an idea of where you want to go. You have a starting point and you've given your GPS an end point. So now you just need to fit in the things in the middle and you'll discover things like, well, to become a better shooter, well, I know I need to start meditating. Okay. So that is actual firearms training in my book. I, I call it all dry fire training. Anything that doesn't make the gun go bang, but makes you a better shooter, you know, like that's what you need to focus on and or working on your grip strength, working on your eyesight, all these other things, you can start plugging those into your training plan. And you can go, okay, I need to get up five minutes early, uh, three days a week, and I'm going to practice eyesight drills, or I'm going to, you know, it could be practicing just dry fire draw strokes from concealed carry, whatever it is. These are things that you can easily plan out. And then as you're going along and assessing your training, you can go, oh, you know, wow, my draw stroke is perfect now. What is the next thing that I can need to improve on now. So you're constantly shifting and you'll know when to do it because you have given yourself your own goals or targets that you want to be able to hit along the way. 
Yeah. Awesome. So listen, everybody, we have been talking with Chris Sinog of NavySealShootingTactics.com about unorthodox yet effective tactical training concepts to make you a better protector. And of course, we have a lot more of this coming right up. But first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as one, the three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. Two, the cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. Three, what coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. Four, and the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range. Don't place your family's safety in the hands of Hollywood fairy tales and hearsay. Claim your free copy of Stopping Power Secrets now, now. at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Chris Sinog of NavySealShootingTactics.com, talking about ways that you can increase your tactical readiness with training concepts and practices you're most likely not using today. Uh, we've already gone through a couple of these now, and it's time for number three. So, Chris, what is the third kind of tactical training concept or philosophy or something that somebody can add to their, to their day to be able, be able to make them a better protector? Yeah, number three is uh, what I call conditioning. And I've talked about this uh, in the other two points. And that would that'd be working on things like your eyesight, like your grip strength or even just physical exercise, because I truly believe that we are the weapon and a firearm is just a tool that a warrior can choose or choose not to use. Um, so, so we need to make the weapon ourselves as strong as possible. And by improving our vision, you're gonna become a better shooter. By improving your grip strength, you're gonna become a better shooter. By having the ability to you know, improve your body and be strong enough because you know, what happens if that gunfight turns into hand-to-hand -hand combat? You, know, you need to be the warrior and the way to do that is to train like a warrior. And yes, a warrior does you know, hone his sword, uh, but he also hones his body. Yeah. Now you also did bring up some other things in the other one that, that, that people wouldn't normally think of as fitness or conditioning. Um, eyesight was one of them, which a lot of people think, okay, well, you know, I have glasses or I have, I can see. So, but it is always one of those things that I wonder how people really, um, if it's hard for them to accept that vision training or that's, that type of thing is really important other than they know they have to see their target. Um, and they're, if they're looking for their, for their, if they're, a sight shooter and things like that. So um, what are those different aspects of conditioning? So you brought up um, vision as one of them. Let's just stick with that one. Cause I think that is really kind of a hard concept for people to think of as like a tactical training concept. Why does, what does vision training have to do with, um, with basically being able to survive like in a gunfight? Wow. So there's, there's a lot that goes into it. And I work with uh, several sports uh, eye doctors, um, sports performance eye doctors, and it's really becoming, it's, it's a really big uh, part of like professional sports where 
Um, working on vision training is so critical. Um, and there's different aspects. Like I sell these strings with beads on them. I call them front sight focus strings. And I give comments all the time that it's completely changed the way people uh, shoot and their ability to shoot. But it teaches your eyes to be able to truly focus on the front sight. And I go into this in my books and you know all my stuff online um, about how to truly focus on the front sight because people will be told or they've heard when it comes to shooting an open sight weapon system that you need to focus on the front sight. But nobody teaches you how to focus on the front sight. And that's one of the things I do. And once you learn how to actually do it, it's, it's like an aha moment that people have. And they're like, oh, wow, this is what it means to focus. And there's different drills that you can do for that. Um, being able to shift your focus. So there's different shifting focus drills you can do. And you don't, you don't even need anything to practice with it. You can just hold up a card close to you with small writing on it and focus on that writing and then focus on something far away. And what that's going to be able to do is, you know, if you imagine that you perceive a threat that's far away and you're not sure if he has a gun because you haven't worked on your focus on shifting your focus because you were sitting in the park reading, you know, a book or whatever. And you can improve all these skills just by practicing it. Just like any other skill, you can improve your eyesight skill. So, you know, practice looking down at something you're reading and focusing on and then quickly looking up and shifting your focus on something else. And there, there's tons and tons that, that go into this. Um, I have several videos just on eyesight and focus alone, but um, the, the way eyesight training um, actually changes your neurology and stuff, it's, it's totally fascinating to me at least. Like one of the most interesting things I think is um, one of the best ways to improve is through, play, is through playing table tennis. Um, and they've discovered that table tennis players are the smartest athletes there are out of any sport. And it's because of your, your mind's ability to take in all this visual information and use it in a valuable way as quickly as possible. So once again, we go back to our gunfight and being able to shift our focus. And I, I actually have a, a very nice table tennis set up in my backyard and I play with you know, my kids and neighbors. And it's just amazing when people start off and they're like, how can you even hit that ball? It, you know, it's got spin on it and it's, it's coming so fast. And then like right now, I can look at a hard hit ball and I can see as it's coming towards me, the spin that it has on it, how much spin it has on it. So then I know how to react to that. And that is all just super critical when it comes to, to any gunfight that you're going to be in or, you know, even any competition that you're going to be in and just reacting as quickly as possible. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, you definitely have to have your reflexes down for uh, sort of something like table tennis too. So, okay, great, All right, awesome. So, Chris, what is number four on your new rules for tactical training that people should be incorporating in their plans? Number four is shortening the feedback loop. And what that means is feedback is obviously what happens when, when you're shooting. And most people will, will shoot a target, say. So you're at the range and you're trying to get better. 
and you you shoot a couple of magazines at a target and then you go down and look at it and you go oh wow those are all over the place oh some are in the middle and some are where i want them some are not uh, but the closer you can get back to at, you know even going okay there's one shot where where did it go what do i need to adjust the faster you're going to improve and like when, when you're we're doing sniper training and we would be shooting these targets that you know are really far out you definitely cannot see a bullet hole and we'd have our um markers guys mark the shots down in, in what calls they're called the butts um, way down range and they'd put these big orange markers where your round was and they would do it for every single round and that way we'd be able to adjust off of where that last round was so we don't sit and shoot you know 10 20 rounds and then try to go oh what do I need to fix so the shorter you can make it the better and this includes um, like say you're doing dry fire training at home and we're going back to we want to improve our draw stroke. Well, you can set up your your phone, set up the camera, and click record and video yourself, you know, doing your draw stroke and do one draw stroke and then go back and look at it and look at the angles of you know is your elbow where you want it? Did you did you get your primary grip exactly how you want it? Um, you know, did, did, when you brought the weapon up, did you rotate the, the muzzle to point forward? Is it pointing directly at, at the threat? When did your finger come on the trigger? All of these things, as soon as you can recognize them and fix them and go back, the better. And I've even, I even have people do it where you, you can have a coach that knows nothing about shooting. You could have a six-year-old child and go, listen, I'm going to draw my pistol and I want you to watch me. And as I draw it, if I come out and it looks like I'm fly fishing, uh, I want you to just say stop. And then I'm going to go back and start over because I don't want to continue. If I cannot continue along that path, that's not what I want to do. I'm not going to reinforce that bad habit. Or if, if I come out and it looks like I'm bowling rather than pointing at my target, can you tell me to stop? And the six-year-old child's going to say, oh, yeah, I can do that. So now you've got a six-year-old child as your coach giving you instant feedback. And this, you know, you're just shortening that feedback loop. And it could even, you can even take it, take it a step back and go, okay, uh, stop me if I didn't grab the gun per, per, perfectly. Or, you know, like I do a half, half moon type grab to purchase my, my pistol properly and, you know, get, get a high grip on there. If I don't do that, stop and go back. So you just keep shortening it and shortening it. And the more you do that, and the more you're not reinforcing these bad habits, the faster you're going to improve. Hmm. Yeah, I got to love technology. It's good to be able to have that kind of feedback, that, that video feedback as well, and using your phone and getting it set up like on a tripod or something to be able to film yourself. Even when you're solo training, it, it's, it can be a real big benefit for it. It's awesome. So, all right, Chris, so we're up to number five here. So what is the, what is the fifth thing that you think people should be adding to their tactical training program? All right, this one, it's probably going to seem out there for a few people, um, and that is sleep. And I know people have heard the importance of sleep, and you're like, yeah, 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 sleep's important, sure, whatever. Um, but the reality is, if you just look at a couple – things that happen to anybody who does not get a good night's sleep um, 
it, it's almost like there could not be anything more important than sleep. And how does it apply to training? Well, if you look at the fact that if you get less than five hours sleep, and they've done studies on this, that you are going to forget 75% more information from the day before than a person who got seven or more hours of sleep. So what does that mean to training and improving ourselves? Well, it means if I am practicing and training on day one and I learn something new, I, I learn, oh, this is uh, you know, how I'm going to draw my pistol. Great, I know all the steps, I got everything down. And then I decide to not get a good night's sleep or for whatever reason, I don't get a good night's sleep that day. The next day, I'm going to forget up to 75% of that information. So it's basically, it just cut my training by you know three quarters. And the person who just simply got a good night's sleep is going to remember that, that training they did the night before. And what people need, need to realize is that when, when you're practicing and you're training, you're building memories. You're giving your body and your mind memories of how to do something. And you're going to forget that without a simple good night's sleep. So one of the things I do in my training is actually teach people how to get a good night's sleep. And, you know, once they understand the importance of it, it's like, wow, that's a no brainer. Yeah, I do need a good night's sleep. And anybody who says they can get it, get off with, you know, oh, I, I only need four hours sleep. Well, you know, you think that, um, but it's like scientifically proven that, that nobody can do that and you are going to be a better person and a, a better trained tactical warrior simply by focusing on getting a good night's sleep. Yeah, and I think also drive it home for people is, is that, you know, if you really think of more like a mechanical thing, not just like the memories, like, oh yeah, I remember the training I did yesterday. I remember the lesson I learned. I remember the video that I saw. You might remember it, but if you went and trained that, like if you think of it like a really physical um, process in the brain, like almost like it's these, these bricks are being put together with mortar and you're taking the lesson, you're learning that skill and it's put together, not getting that sleep. If you think that all, all, if you also think of that like more like a physical dismantling, um, you might still have the memory, but incorporating that into actual physical action um, is the next step to that, right? So it's not just a matter of whether you remember something, but actually remember whether you, you incorporate that into your, into your skill set. Am I, am I right with that? Yeah, there's, there's so many aspects of it, you know, and I don't want to get too into the weeds of it. I talk about it, you know, in all my training, but um, like one of the things people know this, you can look up the stats more. There's more auto accidents from tired driving than there is from drunk driving. Mm. So what that means is your reaction time is severely diminished by not having a good night's sleep or not being properly rested. So we go back, back to that gunfight again, and you're sleepy, so your reaction time is severely diminished. Your ability to notice a threat and react to a threat is going to be cut by 75% or more um, just by not having a good night's sleep. So, you know, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, get some sleep, people. Yeah, good point. So listen, everybody. Um, as you can see, like how many times do you actually go to the range, right? Like for the people out there that really train a lot, maybe you go once a week, maybe a couple times a week to do that training. But how many times are you, how, how, what about the other time that you're not at the range? Well, 
you really do need to expand your thinking about what tactical training and how you better your skills as a shooter and as a protector outside of just the range time that you have. Yes, there's dry fire, there's things like that, but there are, there's a lot more that goes into it to be a total protector, to be totally actually tactically trained. And so this is a really good um, refresher, or not a refresher, but this, this should be an eye-opener for a lot of people out there about, about how you live a lifestyle that backs up your support. One of the things that Chris talked about was what is your why? Um, what is the reason why you want to have a firearm? You'd be able to shoot, be able to protect those that you love. Well, is most likely it's because of, it's the people that you love, right? So they're worth more than just one trip down to the gun range a month or even just a couple times a week. It's the stuff that you do outside of that that can make actually even have the biggest impact on your preparedness. So, um, so go ahead and make sure that you incorporate these five things. Go ahead and check out the different training programs that Chris has over at his website because these are things that he does incorporate, not just with the tactical skills, not just with the shooting skills and being able to become a better shooter, but the things that you can do to support that as well to become a total better protector, right? All you have to do is head on over to his website over at www.NavySealShootingTactics.com and check it all out there. And until our next Modern Combat Serial Broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.